What's up, guys? Welcome to the Fox Fantasy Podcast, a speedy football show that updates you in 30 minutes or less. My name is Brandon, and I'm your host. In today's episode, we discuss lawsuits, Jeff Saturday's recent hire as Colts head coach, fantasy advice, and much more. Welcome to the Fox Fantasy Podcast. Let's get foxy! The show that brings you the latest of what you love. Football, weekly player analysis reports, as well as fantasy advice. I actually scored 217 points. And if you're a Chiefs fan, you're in the right place. Make sure to catch the Chiefs report towards the end of the show for the latest news and updates. Back and forth. Oh, he broke his ankle. And now, now. here's your host, Brandon Shockey. Welcome to the Fox Fantasy Podcast, guys. It is Thursday, November 17th, and I have to say, last week was an exciting one. You know, the Eagles, they finally lost. I'm sure we're all happy about that. Uh, the Colts, they won their first game under Jeff Saturday, and Kadarius Tony of the Chiefs. He showed that he's going to be a threat on the offense for sure this season. But uh, yeah, but before we jump into today's episode, I just want to remind everyone, if you have any questions for me, you can drop them in the comments below. If you're on Spotify, just swipe up in the Q&A tab and you can put them right there. Everyone else listening on streaming services like Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and others alike, you can attach your questions to a review. I'll make sure to read the ones I can at the top of every episode. And something new that we do have, if you're listening on Anchor FM, you can leave a voice memo for me and I'll make sure to play them at the top of the episode as well. But alright guys, let's go ahead and jump into our Q&As. We only have one today, but if you just make sure to keep them coming in and I'll make sure to read them all. Uh, today's question comes from Nathan Alsop. I hope I said that correctly. If not, I do apologize. But Nathan's question is, last week you said that you didn't believe the Packers could turn things around. What's your opinion now after their win last week over the Cowboys? Uh, good question, Nathan. So, <laughs> I don't want to disappoint anybody, but my answer hasn't really changed at all. The Packers won last week, but it wasn't a pretty one, and to be quite honest, I think the Cowboys win here if it wasn't for the bad calls and the no calls by the refs. But yeah, Aaron Jones, he was really the, the only good sight on the offense, which shocked me after his injury, and I should not have benched him last week. I will admit I made a mistake there. But oh well, yeah, yeah, oh well. But yeah, I don't see the Packers getting in back into the race. They're currently 4-6 and six behind the 8-1 Eagles. And yeah, they could get into the wild card round. However, you know, the Lions, they're only one game behind them and they could easily slide in front of them if they do well enough. But even if the Packers were to make it into the wild card round, I, I don't see them making it past that game or at least far. But that's just my opinion though, we'll see. Thanks for the question, Nathan. Make sure to send in your questions, guys, so we have some every single week.
Welcome to the NFL news portion of the show. Today I have three or four things to cover. Uh, I did come across an article from Sports Illustrated regarding Broncos outside linebacker Aaron Patrick, and he's he's suing a group of organizations. All right, the article reads: Broncos outside linebacker and special teams player Aaron Patrick is suing a slew of organizations, including the Chargers, NFL, and ESPN, after tearing his ACL last month. The lawsuit was filed in California. On Tuesday morning, by his attorney William M. Berman. For the following defendants, Patrick is suing for alleged premises liability SoFi Stadium, Hollywood Parkland Company LLC, Stockbridge, The Flesher Group, Crunk Sports, and Entertainment and the Chargers. The above defendants, plus ESPN, The League, Mo Greenhat, and Roe Mac Company, are being sued for negligence. The incident occurred during the October 17th Monday Night Football game between the Chargers and the Broncos when Patrick tried to tackle Chargers punt returner DeAndre Carter. Patrick stepped on the mats covering the cables leading to the league's replay monitor. The linebacker could be seen trying to avoid colliding with the NFL's TV liaison, and according to the press release on the lawsuit, he did ultimately collide with the individual and his foot rolled. Okay, so one of a few things that's standing out to me here is the fact that he sued the company responsible for making the mats. You know, the mats that cover the cords and the cables and whatnot. Uh, I'm guessing he's trying to say that his cleat shouldn't have been able to get stuck or, you know, something to that degree. Anyways, the article goes on to say, quote, Upon stepping, upon stepping on the mats, Patrick's cleats became lodged in the mat and it caused his left knee to contort, causing him to fall awkwardly, unquote. The lawsuit reads, Patrick is now out for the remainder of the season because of this incident and is suing for both non-economic and monetary damages of unspecified amount. His lead counsel, Berman, said in the press release, quote, Player safety should be the foremost of importance to the NFL and its owners. The NFL is a multi-billion dollar sports enterprise and business, and it needs to do everything possible to protect its players from non-contact game injuries. As for Patrick's injuries, SoFi Stadium was built at a $5 billion expense, and the stadium should have the state-of-the-art equipment to protect from player safety, and not use the type of $100 mats that you would expect to see in restaurant kitchens." Unquote. There is precedent in this case, as cited in the filing. Former NFL running back Reggie Bush tore his lateral meniscus after he slipped on a concrete slab at St. Louis's Edward Jones Dome during the 2015 and 16 season. His season was cut short, and in turn, he sued the Rams ultimately for being awarded $12.4 million in damages. Patrick's lawsuit alleges per the press release, quote, the defendants were negligent in their operations of SoFi Stadium and allowing a dangerous condition to exist by having three mats placed near the sideline to cover cords and cables that led to the feeds for the instant NFL's replay monitor. In just his second year with the Broncos, Patrick has tallied 11 career tackles in 17 games played. Wow, okay. So it looks like the NFL, you know, they, they've got quite a mess to resolve here. Well, actually, not only the NFL, but quite a few companies. But all right, let's move on. Jeff Saturday. Y'all probably remember him most recently from NFL Live and SportsCenter. Well, he was recently hired as the Colts head coach last week, and the NFL world is buzzing to say the least. Not only fans, but even NFL show anchors have given their two cents. I mean, the Colts did win their, you know, they did win their game under Saturday, you know, in week 10. I guess we'll wait and see if it turns into a trend. But uh, 
Now, it's important to state that just because Jeff Saturday was hired as the head coach, it, it doesn't mean that he'll have the job going into the 2023 season. Actually, I, th I think I did see somewhere that the Colts planned on looking for a permanent head coach in the offseason. So, yeah, I mean, that happened. But I do wish Jeff the best of luck, and I hope he kills it with his new team. And our last story of the day includes the NFL, the Washington Commanders, and a DC attorney. I found an article from BBC, and it reads, Prosecutors in Washington, DC have sued the Commanders' American football team accusing it of deceiving fans about efforts to probe a hostile and misogynistic workplace. The civil lawsuit announced on Thursday also accuses team owner Dan Snyder and the National Football League of colluding to mislead the public. Authorities have long accused the team of sexual harassment and misconduct. The team said it welcomed the choice to defend organizations in court. The lawsuit was announced on Thursday by D.C. Attorney General Carl Raxine, Racine. I don't know, I can't pronounce that. <laughs> it alleges that when forced with public outrage over detailed and widespread allegations of sexual misconduct, the commanders, Mr. Snyder, and NFL officials made a, serious, made a series of public statements aimed at convincing the public that this dysfunctional and misogynistic conduct was limited and that they were fully cooperating with an independent investigation. At a news conference, Mr. I don't know how to pronounce his name, said that all that deception was done to protect their profits and their image. The Attorney General's office is also seeking to force the NFL to unveil their findings of a previous investigation into working conditions at the American football franchise, which ultimately led the league to fine the team $10 million. The league and its commissioner, Robert Goodell, had previously resisted releasing the findings of that investigation, citing privacy concerns, a separate NFL investigation is being carried out, and its findings are expected to be released publicly, hopefully. <laughs> Damn, so shit's cooking up in DC, for sure, and it ain't looking pretty. But the article does goes on to say that Mr. His Name pointed to a number of specific allegations against the team, including I do not know what that word says. Videos of a partially clad of partially clad cheerleaders. So half naked, I'm assuming. And the firing of a cheerleader who reported sexual misconduct by a player. Additionally, Mr. His name said that Mr. Snyder, contrary to public statements, not only was aware of the allegations, but encouraged and participated in it. The lawsuit alleges that Mr. Snyder, Mr. Goodell, and the NFL colluded to deceive Washington, D.C. residents and secretly entered into an agreement that the public didn't know about in a bid to hide the truth, protect their images, and let their profits continue to roll. It is unclear what, if any, damages are being sought in the case. In a statement sent to the BBC, the commander said that the team and Dan Snyder had acknowledged that on that an unacceptable, unacceptable workplace culture had existed within their organization for several years, and they have apologized many times for allowing that to happen. Quote, we agree with A.G. Racine, Racine on one thing. The public needs to know the truth. The statement added, although the lawsuit repeats a lot of half-truth and lies, we welcome this opportunity to defend the organization for the first time in a court of law and to establish once and for all what is fact and what is fiction. The BBC was unable to reach the NFL for a comment on the lawsuit.
The team, which was briefly known as the Washington football team after dropping its controversial Redskins name in 2020, has recently sparred with the Attorney General's office following the shooting of a player during an attempted robbery three months ago. In a statement sent to the Washington Post earlier, earlier this week, the team accused Mr. Racine or Racine of using his position in the investigation to make splashy headlines instead of doing the hard work on making the streets safe for our citizens, including bringing to justice the people who shot one of our players all right that's it for today's news guys next week we'll have more i'm sure but we're going to go ahead and jump into the top three Welcome to today's top three, my top three quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. Starting with my top three quarterbacks, we have Patrick Mahomes. Look, he went 26 for 35. He had 331 yards, four touchdowns, and 39 rushing yards for the game. And let me tell you, last week's game marks the third game this season in which Mahomes has thrown for four touchdowns or more. Dude, Mahomes is balling, and if you have him on your fantasy team, I know you're happy because I definitely am. All right, moving on to Justin Fields. He had, he went 20, excuse me, he went 12 for 20. He had 167 yards, two touchdowns, 147 rushing yards, and two rushing touchdowns in that game. This guy's value definitely went up last week. That's two passing and two rushing touchdowns in just one game, guys. The dude was an A1 RB out there while simultaneously being there at the QB position. So, yeah, you can't ask much more than that from the guy. Hopefully, it can continue. Alright, that brings me to my last QB of the day, and I can't not put him on the list today on my top three. This man just returned as he started, sorry, this man just returned as the starting QB for the Colts, and I've gotta say he showed up and said put some respect on my name. That man is Matty Ice, or Matt Ryan, whichever one you know him as. He went 21 for 28, he had 222 yards, one touchdown, 38 rushing yards, and one rushing touchdown on the day. So, yeah. Yeah, you can see why I had to show him some love this week and put him on my top three. Hopefully it can continue. I'm glad he got his job back. It was it was unfortunate to hear that he lost it, but I'm glad he got it back. All right, moving on to my top three running backs. To start it off, I've got Aaron Jones. He went he had 24 attempts, 138 yards, one touchdown, and 18 receiving yards on the day. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna admit I was a little flustered last week when Jones went off for 23.6 fantasy points see what happened was i benched him and started alvin Kamara, which did not work in my favor at all not at all but anyways aaron seemed to be the only good thing that was working well for green bay and although the packers did win 31 to 28 in overtime they've got a lot to work on it doesn't end there all right that brings me to josh jacobs josh jacobs he had a fire game holding in 78 yards and a touchdown on 21 attempts as well as 28 receiving yards He's definitely going to look to build on his solid season this week in Denver against the Broncos, a rivalry that Jacobs should definitely benefit from. So if you got him, go ahead and start him, guys. And lastly, for my running backs, I have Dalvin Cook, who had a nice game against the Bills last week. This man had 14 attempts, 119 yards, 27 receiving yards, and a touchdown on the day. And to add to the fire, he scored fantasy managers 23.6 fantasy points to boot. 
So look, uh, you know, Cook had an average of 8.5 yards per attempt last week, and he'll look to continue his dominance at home against the Cowboys this week, as the Vikings look to go 9-1 and and definitely make a postseason run later on next year. And, you know, I should have added that Tony Pollard... Yeah, I definitely should have added Tony in here, but I fudged up, so yeah. We're going to go ahead and move on to my top three wide receivers. First up, we got Justin Jefferson. He had 10 receptions, 193 yards, a touchdown, and 35.3 fantasy points for managers. Whew. All right, moving on to Stefan Diggs. He had 12 receptions, 128 yards. While he didn't have any touchdowns, Diggs ate up yardage. Although he had, although he had a touchdown, I'm sorry, excuse me. Although he didn't have a touchdown, although he didn't have a touchdown, the Bills could have defeated the Vikings. Great game for Diggs, though, regardless. Last up for my wide receivers, I've got C.D. Lamb. He had 11 receptions, 150 yards, and two touchdowns. Great game for him this week. Unfortunately, the Cowboys lost to the 4-6 Green Bay Packers, and they actually lost 38-28. to uh, Like I said, I don't, even though the, the Packers won, I don't see them turning things around. And even though the Cowboys lost, I don't think it's, it's that big for them, as long as they can capitalize. But to be honest, I'm not quite sure what happened in that game. I know there were some calls that, you know, shifted the game. But as far as coaching, there were some calls there that had me looking at McCarthy like, what are you doing? But that's my opinion. Let's go ahead and move on to my top three tight ends. First up, I've got Travis Kelsey. Once again, like I said, he's on my list again. You know, I think he's been on the list every single week, but maybe one, one time this season. Anyways, Trav's built like a tight end, but the man plays like a damn wide receiver, and he totaled for 6 receptions, 81 yards, and a touchdown. Fantasy managers earned 20.1 fantasy points, and you bet they're happy they drafted him. He still remains the tight end 1 overall, heading into week 11. Alright, my next tight end is Dalton Schultz. He had 6 receptions, 54 yards, and 1 touchdown on the day. He's currently the tight end 23 in fantasy, but that's due to him missing a couple games to a knee injury he suffered in week 2. Uh, so don't look at that too much. After his complete return, however, he did start to heat up with Dak again, and in his last 3 games, Dalton Schultz has had 20 targets, 177 yards, and a touchdown, which gave fantasy owners a nice 17.4 fantasy points. Alright, and last up for today, we have Cole Komet. Last week, he had 4 receptions on 7 targets, with 74 yards, 2 touchdowns, and 23.4 fantasy points. Komet has, he's definitely stepped up in his last 2 games, and you gotta hope and wonder if he's gonna be able to keep it up week to week. Him and the Bears have another great matchup against the Atlanta Falcons this week, who are 23rd against wide receivers. But alright guys, let me know if you agree with my top 3s. Who'd be your number 1 overall from week 10? Welcome to the Fox Fantasy Block. Today I've got three stardoms, three sitems, and one waiver wire pickup for you. Beginning with my stardoms, we've got Cole Komet. Look guys, this dude is beginning to look a lot like an elite tight end the more he plays. His last two weeks have been excellent, and you already know what damage he's done if you if you were listening to my top threes a few minutes ago. He's definitely a must start this week if you have him, so don't hesitate to plug him in your starting lineup. 
Alright, and up next I've got Brandon Ayuk. Brandon had a slow start to the campaign this year, however, in week 6, everything changed. He racked up 29 targets, 330 yards, 3 touchdowns, and 76 fantasy points. That's crazy consistent, guys. Guys, that's that's like that's 80 or more yards in all four of those. He had 83, 82, 81, and 84 yards in those games. Back to back to back to back. <laughs> well, do you have him? If so, I'd start him this week. And my last starter for today is going to be Paris Campbell. So Matt Ryan's back, and that means Paris is going to be fed the ball. In his last three games with Ryan under center, he actually has had 18.7, 23, and 20.6 fantasy points with 32 targets, 203 yards, and three touchdowns. And that's one touchdown in each of those games. So yeah, if you got him, start him. If you can pick him up off the waiver wire, grab him as quick as you can, like right now. <laughs> Like, pause the episode and go grab him. Alright, and that brings me to my sit-ums. My first sit-em for today is Robert Woods. Woods, in his last four games, has only earned 62 yards and 11.2 fantasy points. If you've got Woods on your roster, there is a much better quality, there's much better quality receivers out there still on the waiver wire. Uh, so yeah, I would, I'd drop him, grab someone else. That's that's my that's my advice. If you want to take it, go ahead. If not, that's fine. But I would drop Woods and pick someone else up. Like Campbell, for instance. And my second sit for today is Keenan Allen. And while no, I don't want to put him on here. I just don't know if you can trust him this week. Especially after his injury. But yeah, he could have a big game against the rival Chiefs, but either way, I'd hold off on starting Allen until he can at least prove that he's hundred percent back. And that brings me to my final sit for the day. This one is probably going to be a shock for some of you, but just please hear me out, okay? Kyler Murray. Now, the reason I'm saying to sit Murray is because, one, he's coming off an injury. Two, the Cardinals just lost Zach Ertz for the rest of the season. And three, they're, they're facing off against the 49ers, who are eighth against quarterbacks. So, take my advice. Don't take it. I'm not telling you what to do, but that is my opinion. Alright, and finally my waiver wire pickups for this week. I have just one for you today. Kadarius Tony. Guys, grab this dude now. I've been holding on to him for about three weeks now, and I'm definitely glad I did. Last week, he had 19 fantasy points with 57 yards, 33 rushing yards, and a touchdown. Look, Tony is going to be big for KC. I knew this dude had talent when I saw him play, you know, as a giant when he was filling in for a few games last year. They just weren't utilizing him correctly, guys. They weren't utilizing him correctly, and I'm glad we're able to grab him. I'm glad the Chiefs were able to get him. That's my team. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it's good to see him in red, and he's probably going to have some bigger games coming up with a few of our top wideouts probably missing this week. Alright everyone, I hope I was able to help in some capacity. We're going to go ahead and jump into the Chiefs report, but if you're leaving us early, I just want to thank you for listening. Also, make sure to hit that thumbs up and subscribe for all the latest, and don't forget to leave your questions and comments for me so I can answer them at the top of every episode. Enjoy your day guys, and good luck on your matchups this week.
Welcome in Chiefs Kingdom and welcome to today's Chiefs Report. Now, I know most of you are excited about Tony showing out last week against the Jags, but before we get into all of that, we're going to go ahead and jump into our current injury report for the week. All right, and it looks like we have, I think, it looks like eight players on the injury report. Excuse me. First up, we've got McCall Hardman. He injured his abdomen last week. Or was it the week before? I I don't remember. Sorry, guys. I apologize. He also has an illness that he's dealing with, and he did not practice on Wednesday. We've also got Chris Flamens, who had a concussion last week. He did not practice on Wednesday, so that'll be be worth keeping an eye on to see if he's going to be playing this week. We've got Juju Smith-Schuster, who we all remember his concussion last week, and the no call. It was just ridiculous. Anyways, he did not practice on Wednesday, and he will definitely be worth keeping an eye on if he doesn't start that means tony will definitely have more targets next week more production and we also have mvs marquez valdez scantling who is out due to an illness well he's on the injury report due to an illness he did not practice on wednesday as well uh he might play we don't know we'll see next up i've got jarek mckinnon our running back one of our running backs He's uh, on the injury report because of a hamstring injury and a shoulder injury. He was limited on Wednesday, and he may he may play this week. He may not. We'll see. They may hold him out. I'm not quite sure. We have three more left. We've got Legereus Sneed with his knee injury. He was limited this week as well at practice. Isaiah Pacheco with a quad injury. He practiced full, so he should be playing this week. Nothing to worry about there. And Andrew Wiley, his elbow. Here is the elbow, and he practiced fully on Wednesday. Wednesday, so he should be good to go as well, but we will see come Sunday. All right, and as for the Chargers go, as far as the Chargers go, they actually have more on the injury report. Well, just one more to be exact. Now, guys, I know this sounds scary. You mean to tell me that we could be missing Hardman, Juju, and MVS this week? Yes, guys, but we have Mahomes, so... And with him, you already know anything is possible. So we do have some good news, though, and it ain't all bad. Frank Clark, he's returning this week from his suspension. And we have Kadarius Toney, guys. Like I said, he's going to step up big this week and into the future. Last week, he had 57 yards, a touchdown, 33 rushing yards, and yeah. So Toney is definitely what Mahomes ordered, and I believe he's going to have another big game this week with with the possibility of our other top receivers being out or limited. So yeah, he had 19 fantasy points last week, and he could very well round up more than that this week against the Chargers. And speaking of last week, we were able to beat the Jags 27-17, guys, at home. And we had the opportunity of going 8-2 against the Chargers in Los Angeles this week. Last week's game was a nice win, but we'll have to play even harder this week to take Herbert and the Chargers down. But yeah, alright guys, I'm going to go ahead and get out of here a little early. Just a reminder, make sure to leave your questions and comments for me so I read them and answer them every week at the top of the episode. Uh, We only had one this week, so if we can get a few more in, that'd be great. Anyways, I hope you guys have a good rest of your Thursday and enjoy some football tonight with the Texans taking on Green Bay. Just want to thank you guys for listening, and until next time, remember to stay foxy and good luck on your fantasy matchups this week. I love y'all. Peace. Thanks for catching the Fox Fantasy Podcast. Make sure to subscribe to catch all the latest episodes.